Before this podcast even starts, I would like to say happy Juneteenth to everybody out there. Um, This should be a national holiday. Unfortunately, it's not, but it's a holiday where we commemorate the official end of slavery in all 50 states of America, all throughout the United States. Uh, And as we are going through and tackling these social issues, this is a big day and and it should be celebrated. So before the podcast even start, I would like to do that. Since the trade, I mean, since the since the draft, prior to the draft and leading up to the draft, I've been talking about this Jamal Adams situation in the Jets. Actually, I talked about it. I did an episode about it right before the draft. I think like the day before the draft, I I, I talked about it, and now it seems like it all. I, I, I kind of figured. Jamal Adams wanted out of the Jets. But from like, like I said, from the Jets standpoint, paying a safety, big time money. You know, you're trying to figure out what you're trying to you're trying to put the proper pieces around Sam Donald and trying to figure out is he really your franchise guy? I think he is the Jets franchise guy, but they gotta put the right pieces around him. And this is gonna lead to my point. Uh, I did, I, I did an interview and people, and, 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 and the person that did the interview, he asked me, he said, Hey, what, as far as when you're talking about sports on your podcast, what, what is your style? And I said, what is your style? He said, what is your style on your podcast? And I said, I try to be as passionate as possible. 
and try to use real life analogies. And often on this podcast, on this platform, you guys often hear me say and talk about how it does matter as far as a quarterback. Either you have like it, it matters where you get drafted. It, 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 you know, you have great talent. Cool. Fine. You have a strong arm. That's great. But if you don't end up with the right coach, the right, the right scheme, the right team. It's going to hurt you. It's going to it's going to stunt your growth as a quarterback, no matter how talented you are. And I look in, you know, and within the interview, I compared it to Patrick Mahomes. I said, hey, Patrick Mahomes, talented quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, he's out. He's, you, you, we all know this. He's, a, he's, he's the MVP and the reigning Super Bowl MVP. But <laughs> it does certainly help that he has a great play call on Andy Reid. He has weapons all over the place. Travis Kelsey. He, and he had Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins. And not to mention, he has good ownership. The GM is on point. Now, for Sam Donald, lucky enough, I talked about Sam Donald's situation last week. And I said, <laughs> Sam... Sam Donald, he's making the best out of this thing in the, with the Jets in New York. He's, he's making the best out of this thing. But it is really difficult and really hard as a young quarterback to overcome so many barriers. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what he did. And I, I, I told you guys his numbers the last eight games of the year because he had mono. He played a couple games early on, missed three games, and then he, and then, you know, he, he eventually finished out the season. The last eight games... In the last eight games last year, last year, he went six and two. He had 13 passing touchdowns to four interceptions and two rushing touchdowns. In the game he came back, he threw for 360 against the Cowboys with two touchdowns. So there's something there. Like, there's something there with Sam Donald. But the Jets are a wreck. They haven't drafted real. They haven't drafted well. They drafted Quentin Williams last year. He's not a star. He's a solid player. Not a star on the D-line, though. I don't think he's ever going to be a, 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 you know, a superstar type guy. I don't think he's going to be that. But he's, he's going to be a solid player. The draft class that Sam Donald got drafted in, with the Jets do? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely, none of the players that they have drafted, that, that they drafted with Sam Donald, didn't work out. And I just look at different counterparts around the league as far as young quarterbacks. <laughs> what are they getting? <laughs> In his own division. Buffalo and Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Raw. Coming out of college. Coming out of Wyoming. Raw. He was fairly inconsistent, especially in big games in Wyoming. When they play top-level talent in Wyoming and top-level teams, fairly inconsistent. Couldn't really rely on him. You couldn't rely on him. Now, in Buffalo, Sean McDermott, great defense, weapons on the outside. Now you added Stephon Diggs to a 1,000-yard receiver that, and John Brown 
and a, a, a good slot receiver in Cole Beasley. You draft a running back in the third round. Pop. O-line has gotten better. Now, Josh Allen, I look for him to have, I look for him to take the next step next year. Tua, yeah, Tua hasn't played a game. Tua Tagovailoa hasn't played a game yet. But I look at what the Miami Dolphins are doing. Remember when people was like, oh, the, Miami, the Dolphins, are, they're, 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 they're crap. They might be the worst team ever. And their team wasn't good last year. They had a bunch of backups, third stringers, and practice squad guys. But what Brian Flores did this offseason, going out, adding Byron Jones, adding Kyle Van Noy, adding Shaq Lawson, getting two good running backs, <laughs> drafting an O-line, receiver core, it may be something there. The, the, Tua is going into a, a really stable position. He's going into a stable team. And you can, you can see the trend all throughout the young quarterback. Most of, most of these young quarterbacks have something going for them. Most of these young quarter, quarterbacks have something going for them. <laughs> you know, I, I get on Bill O'Brien a lot. I get on him a lot. But I think he's a bad... I, 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 I don't think he's a good GM. I think he's a bad GM. But as a coach... He has four division titles in five years. Bill O'Brien's a good offensive mind. He's one with a multitude of quarterbacks. And, yeah, I do get on him about not drafting well and not having draft picks and not giving Deshaun Watson a solid defense, but he's won four division titles in the last five years. He's done it with different quarterbacks. Now he has a star quarterback, a young superstar quarterback, and Deshaun Watson and some good receivers. At least Deshaun Watson has something going for him. Sam Donald has nothing. Adam Gase, I don't know, I don't know who he, I don't know how good of a coach he is. I know he snorts coke, but I don't know, I don't know how <laughs> let me stop. But I know, I know he doesn't, I know, I don't know how good of a coach he is. Le'Veon Bell talented running back, but Adam Gase and his system and his and Le'Veon's play style just don't work. The two don't pan out together. And like I said, like I said last week, wouldn't surprise me if they move off him in the next year or two. Ro- Robbie Anderson was a free agent this year. The Jets didn't want to pay him. They went out and played. They, 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 they were cheap. They were cheap and they didn't want to pay Robbie Anderson, which was their best receiver last year. Sam Donald's favorite target last year, and they let him walk, and he goes to Carolina. So, you know, the Jets not drafting well, don't want to pay, playing cheap, having, you know, they're crossing their fingers that this young offensive line that they have built works out. They're crossing their fingers on that. And, you know, with Jamal Adams, he, he you know, he basically, he lists seven teams. He lists the Cowboys, Eagles, Ravens, 49ers, Seahawks. Basically, like, these are some contenders. He named, he named a lot of contenders. He had a lot of contenders, the Chiefs. He, he named a lot of contenders. And whatever you, wherever you stand on that Jamal Adams, you know, where he should go and where he should fit and, you know, should the Jets really trade him, that's, you know, whatever floats your boat on that. 
But it just goes to show you, it's more evidence, to, and it goes to show you that it does matter where you get drafted at. It matters when you get drafted at. It does. You got, you, you got to be in the right system, the right situation. Got to be in the right situation. Got to be in the right system. Lamar Jackson, I mean, his, Lamar, young quarterback, MVP. League MVP last year. He has the best roster in football. And he's, he's cheap, but he has the best roster in football. He has a good coach in John Harbaugh. It matters where you go in this league. It matters where you go in this league. I got a Ford Mustang. It drives well. Got it for graduation, actually. Ford's unique family heritage, manufacturing excellence, and history of innovation is continuing to further the brand. Ford is also introducing new customer service actions aimed at making vehicle ownership easier and hassle-free. So go get your Ford today. Ford. Go forward. So for the last uh, few episodes, I've been bringing on guest callers, guest speakers, you know, photographers, uh, my guy Joe. I bring on a lot of people. Uh, I'm going to bring on Marcus Dockery, Merlin Commit. Basketball player, great player. Um, we're gonna bring him on. I'm gonna bring him in right now. Yo, Mark. What's up? How you doing? Chilling, bro. Welcome to the uh, the, the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome. Well, welcome back. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Mark, how you doing? How, how, like health wise, how are you doing health wise with COVID nineteen and just everything that's going on in the world right now? How are you doing? I'm doing good health wise. You know, mm-hmm. I'm staying in the gym, of course, getting my body right. You know, putting in work, eating the right things, making sure my body is good, and just making sure I'm safe while I'm doing everything. Okay, so perfect. I feel like I'm doing good. Okay, bet. And that and that's that that's that so that all all of that sounds great. That sounds really good. Um, I know how how like you have a great your work ethic is great. Obviously, you are a Division One basketball player, and you're going to Maryland. So it's you're 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 big time. Needless to say, you're big time. So and you know I often have these talks you know on, on the podcast, and I talk about. How just some of these athletes just look different, and they with the, the things they do, what they eat, they make sacrifices. Can you speak as a as a Division One player going into your first year at Maryland, and you playing in high school and throughout AAU? Can you just speak to how much work you have to put in just to get to the level where you're at? Man, the work is is, is you got to put in a lot of work. You got to make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, you know, being a teenager in high school, mm-hmm. you know, you want to party and do all the things that everyone else is doing, but you got to set time aside where you can't be like everyone else. And you got to make sure that you're on your right path. Like everyone else is going to a party at nine. You get in the gym or you looking at film or you in the weight room. You got to do things to separate yourself. Waking up early. Like you got to, you got to make sure that you're putting towards the effort, towards your dreams and your goals. Like, you want to be a Division One basketball player, you got to start working for it early. 
not your twelfth grade year. You got to start working for your freshman year, and I feel like building those work ethics and those habits, those good habits, really help along the way. Okay, that I mean that sums it up. And you know, I often talk about like how like your work ethic obviously has to be up there. Um, like you said, you you. This is a thing that you've been that you known you want. This is what you want to do. This is you know. Yeah. This is what you want to do. And it's in. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it. You are committed to it, and I think uh, you you will have to get yourself. You you got to get yourself mentally, comp- you know, prepared for this type of for that type of work. Um, exactly. So so you I've been so you said you've been working over. You know you've been still working out eating the right things. What part of your game have you been working on the most? Mainly my ball handling. You know, got to be able to handle the rock and be able to do things off the dribble. And, you know, my jump shot is probably my most fine part of my game. <laughs> I got I, I to gotta make sure that's still up to par and make sure it's actually getting better. And just... You know, I watch a lot of a lot of basketball. You know, I've been asking my coaches to send me film and and just things like that. Just looking at what I can do to bring a spark to the team, to be a big part of the team. Yeah. And, you know, so just doing these things every day, waking up, doing ball handling. You know, just going on runs, just making sure I'm locked in and ready, so that when I get there, I'm not falling behind. I'm actually getting ahead. Great. That that's great. Um, like you said, you're a great shooter. Uh, you've always since since as long as I know you since middle school, you've been <laughs> you've been a great shooter, and it's good. It's glad that it's. I know you've been working on it, but it's just it's really nice to know that you've been working on your ball handling and stuff and such. Uh, because you know you you're gonna be in those you type know, of situations. I, I, I've, I've been working on more, but when it when you know I can't really. Uh, I mean, like, just working on getting to the basket, finishing at the rim, mm-hmm. you know, like just strong at the rim. I've been working on my explosiveness, you know, going to the basket, being able to rise over defenders, you know, dunk. Right. So just things that I know I can do, I've just been trying to, like, make them better. And weaknesses that I've been working on, you know, when it comes to ball handling, you know, working on my right hand, turning that into a strength. So I can go both ways. You know, it's hard to guard a lefty, but mm-hmm. when I can go both ways, it makes it even harder. Right. So you talked about the coaches at Maryland. I thought Maryland this year with the roster that they had, the team that they had, I thought they could possibly possibly be a Final Four team. I, that's what I, I, I really did yeah, think Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Even further than that, oh. they had a great team. Yeah, they had a, they had a, they had a, they had a good roster. So I look at you. You are a great scorer, a great shooter. What would you have to say to the people? Like, what what are you bringing to Merlin? What am I bringing to Merlin? Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, a great shooter. I have a, a high motor. I'm a competitor. I don't like to. I don't like to lose. So I'm going to bring a winning effort, night in and night out. And just always playing my best and just feeding off the energy from the, from the fans. You know, we have a great fan base. And I always love that about Maryland. And just doing what the game plan coach gives out, doing that, perfecting that, and just having fun while I'm playing. Okay. 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. And, and you even know, you also, know, oh, okay, being able to being able to score all three levels, you know, at a at a high rate, mm-hmm. bringing bringing in a lot of scoring for the team, and being able to be a good defender on on being able to uh, do good things on both sides of the floor, being a, a leader, you know, got to be very vocal and just things like that. Okay, um, it, it it's so it's so good. Um. So, you know, I I thought so sadly enough, they couldn't finish out the season. Um yeah. I you know, with COVID. How difficult has it been or has it been challenging at all? I know it's been a little challenging with not being able to interact with your coaches physically and you've been on like you probably you know, had to talk to them about the phone, these Zoom yeah. calls. How how difficult has that been? It's been really difficult because, you know, the summer is where we get better and where Coach Coach Turgeon, he really loves working in the off season and making mm-hmm. us better. And it's been really hard for us because we've had a lot of Zoom chats, a lot of talks about when we're going to be able to come back. And there's been a lot of setbacks because of COVID-19. And just knowing that when we get back, we got to start working as soon as possible, as soon as they let us start working because, you know, they got to go through certain stages. Mm-hmm and get tested and things like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. But the just being hungry and working on your own just helps that. It's just it's, it, it has been really hard because, you know, I'd have been there June. I'd have been there this week. I'd have been there. Oh, wow. This, what's today's day? It's like the, the 8th or something like that? Yeah. I'd have been there June 1st. We would have started working if none of this would have happened. But I got to wait until July. So that's a setback. It's a big setback. I said it was the eighth. It's like the eighteenth. So yeah. Sure. <laughs> um. So I don't know the date. Merlin, you 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 know you you've been talking to coaches. You've been watching film. How like why watch film? You, you you're not a quarterback. You play basketball. Why watch film? You, you watch film to one see. Where, like, if you're watching your own film, you watch your own film to see your mistakes and where mm-hmm. you can change. You know, you see, oh, I could have had a back screen. I could have, I could have set a back screen for my, for my man over there, but I didn't do it. He could have had an easy layup. Now you know, next time, boom, I'm gonna set that back screen. Just things like that, or, you know, I'm not, I haven't played a game at Maryland yet, so just watching their film from the previous season just shows me what they do, their works, how they score, how. They get over screens, get under screens, how they play defense. Just looking at things that work, you know, watching Anthony Cowan, how he scores. Mm-hmm. What are the, like, what are their times, like, on the shot clock where they take their most shots? What's a good shot? What's a bad shot? Just, it's, it's a lot of things that go into it that you have to look out for. And watching film is actually one of the most important things. Okay. I, you know, I, I figured you'd give me an answer like that. So, uh, so with with you know COVID again, you say you've been watching film. Mm-hmm. How how long do you think it's gonna take you to learn, how, what, like the offense, what sets, how you're gonna score uh, defensively, and like just in different situations in the second half where it's a close game. How long do you think it's going to take you to adjust to that? You know, 
Oh, plan plan pickup with these dudes when I get there, with my teammates, that's going to help with, with the scoring part. But learning the plays, you know, in practice, you know, doing that with the team, with Coach Turgeon, he's really good at teaching and helping us learn. So he'll have me ready, and I know that their coaching staff will have me ready, but I have to also do certain things on my own, like taking the playbook back to my dorm, looking at it, as I've done before, looking at film. So I pretty already have a pretty good understanding of what they're running and what because you know I've been committed since my junior year so I've been able to look at it for a pretty good amount of time we're going to a lot of practices but in terms of the scoring part I think night in and night out I'll be able to get a better feel of what works and what doesn't work and you know just hopefully I can be fully acclimated sooner okay so like you said you've been fully committed to Maryland since your junior year, what made you buy in and commit to Maryland so early? Because I believe in I believe in Coach Turgeon, and I believe in what how he prepares his players, and how and I believe in what they do there at Maryland University. And I always wanted to play in the DMV. You know, mm-hmm. it's close to home. Right, Maryland's really close to my house. You know. A big part of my life is my family, and I want my family to be able to see me play. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to watch my little brother grow, you know, to be able to come back home and just say what's up. Right. It's just, I just love how Maryland, they brought me in as one of their own before I even committed. It just felt like family. I had players that were there that I already knew when they told me it was a great program. And... Just things like that just made me say this is the right place to go. And when I went on my official visit, I already had in the back of my mind that this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the official visit, that just made it more like stamped. Like, yeah, this is this is home. Okay. So, what do, so you know, you're a great shooter. And people say you're a great shooter. He's a great scorer. But, you know, I don't know how I don't know how good he is at defense. What do you have to say to those people that question your defensive ability? I feel like I'm a great defender. Mm-hmm. Like playing defense is not all about well, you just, you just I'm a, I'm very smart, I have a high basketball IQ, so Right. When looking at film, I feel like I'll be able to use those things that coach Turgeon is telling me to do on defense and Perfected, you know. I'm good at staying in front of the ball, like getting steals. Like I don't really see how people can say I'm not. I'm a bad defender because mm-hmm. my playing at Brewster, the uh, coach Jason Smith, he said I was a great defender. Okay. I, and like in the tournament, uh, in our tournament you know, for the championship, I played great defense. Right. Full court. Like I, you just, I just take it personally. And so for those who say I can't play defense, I'll just show them that I can. Okay. And so, and I, you know, I found this, you know, that that whole not playing defense notion. It's you no, know, it's more the defense just did, like just getting steals. Because I know I know some players that get steals, but not like they're not a great on ball defender, one on one, mano a mano. Who is a player comp, or like what player is similar to you that's in the NBA, or? Is there a player that's similar? Um, I would say D'Angelo Russell. 
Okay. You know, I watch a lot of his game, and I try to do things that he does mm-hmm. on the offensive end. And when it comes to the defensive end, I try to watch great on-ball defenders like Patrick Bailey. Okay. Besides the fact that he hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, just having the energy on defense, tapping uh-huh. your hands, just being a pest. Okay. So, how do you think, so, great shooter, great, you know, the game, in basketball, the game is off, you know, it's a lot of offense, uh, shooting, being able to shoot the basketball from long range is a big part of today's game. How do you feel about, how, like, how does your game and your play style translate to the college level and, and possibly the pro level? Well, to the college level, as you said, shooting is a big part of it. And that's literally what I do. Right. <laughs> I'm a great shooter. And I feel like and I'm, I can dribble and get to the basket. You know, I'm quick. I feel like on the college level, my game would is going to be great and it's only going to get better with putting in the work at Maryland and doing what I need to do. And it's only going to make my play style look better for the professional. Okay. And I I think, and I think you're right on. Um, I think your game, your play style translates well. Um, you, you, you know, with your, your, with your, your, with your marksmanship and the way how you can stretch the floor and your improved playmaking ability, I think your game definitely translates to higher levels. Uh, I I don't think that could be questioned. I don't don't think that could be questioned. So, do you, so, are you, so, you know, you know, you heard about Kyrie Irving and not, him not wanting to play and other players coming down the league saying, we shouldn't play because, you know, we should focus on social issues. Now you have other players like LeBron saying, like, we should play because with us playing, that gives us a bigger platform. What side of the fence are you on as a ball player and as we are going through um, a, a social pandemic, I might say, with, with the racial issues in, in, in America with black people? Okay, so... I'm on the bronze side okay. with the fact that we should be playing because we have a much bigger platform. And I feel like, you know, basketball all around the world, and especially in the U.S., everyone loves watching basketball. Right. Like basketball, other than football, is probably the, probably the most watched sport in America. And but because of that, the NBA coming back is going to bring people together, I feel like, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's wondering who's going to win the championship. You know, LeBron, the Lakers. I'm with the Lakers. I think the Lakers. Are <laughs> we're not, we're not going to speak on that. Or you know, the Clippers or the Bucks. And like having that come back, I think it'll like sort of like up the people's spirit from this this time this period of time that we're going through. It's just, it's been rough. You know, we've had COVID nineteen and mm-hmm. we've had police brutality mm-hmm. and just social injustice and just things like that. It help us get our minds off of that and just not say that we need to get our minds off. We need to still focus on it, but still have a, like 
a moment, you know, two hours. Just yeah. Just down to watch a basketball game and just have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like we need that. Right. So, I, and I, I think I know where you stand as far as this position, but kneeling, kneeling during the anthem, it's, uh, you know, Colin Kaepernick about uh, about four years ago made it a big thing, uh, you know, taking a stance for police brutality. The NFL in the past, in the past week and Roger Goodell has came out and said, hey, we was wrong. Now the NBA, they're more player friendly. They let the players express themselves. The players can kneel. The players can do anything. Where would you, where do you stand as far as this season? What are you gonna are you gonna do any type of protest this season? Uh, you, you know, would Merlin allow that? Would, like, I, and it so may, you, I, you probably can't I, answer I, that. I probably like we've been having in mm-hmm. our Zoom chats. We've been uh, talking about what's going on a lot. Mm-hmm. We're actually reading a book. I'm on with the King Bobby. Can't wait. And we're just talking about. The, just we're learning about how this all started, right, and things like that. So I wouldn't say I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give a defined answer saying that I would be able to do that or I wouldn't be able to do that because I honestly don't know. Right, you don't know. But if 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 I wanted to do it and if I was allowed to, and if you know my brothers and were supporting me behind me, I, I personally would personally because. I have a bigger role and I have a, a bigger platform playing in the Big Ten and a lot of people will see it and just, I feel like that, you know, something something should happen. Right. I feel like, I feel like if I'm not the one to do it, I feel like it would happen this year in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I think it will happen from some team. It's either going to be a, I feel like it's going to be like a, a, a group. It's not going to be one person. That's like all programs are talking about this. Right. So, you mentioned the Big Ten. And, you know, Merlin, like I said, Merlin had a great year in the Big Ten last year uh, or this past year. And I thought they were really, I thought they were legit title contenders. Now, you got teams like Michigan State with Tom Izzo. They usually keep a good team. Um, Wisconsin's pretty good usually. Michigan's pretty good usually. Who who do you think is going to be your biggest test in the Big Ten? Or who are you most excited to play in the Big Ten? You know, every game in the Big Ten is going to be a challenge. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a great conference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I wouldn't really say one team would be like our biggest challenge because we're going to go in every night trying to trying to get that dub and playing every team the same way. Right. But for my biggest, my like, who am I most excited to, you know, play? I'm excited to play every game, but right. my roommate at, at Brewster Academy, Jamal uh-huh. Mashburn, he's uh-huh. going to Minnesota. Ooh. So that's my brother. So we'll play each other twice. Mm. So I'm most excited to play that game. Okay. Oh wow. And like you said, the Big Ten, it was I mean, especially last year, it was such a deep conference and every night is gonna be a dog fight. Every night is gonna be a big game. Um so you talked about the Big Ten, you talked about we talked about Merlin, uh COVID. So when the NBA does return and you kinda you kinda gave it away, 
But when the NBA does return, who do you have winning the title? Congratulations, man. <laughs> I got the Lakers. The Warriors. The Warriors is not my favorite team, but uh-huh. you know we we we, we chilling this year. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going with the Lakers. You know, okay, I'm a big LeBron fan. You know, I'm 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 all for the Lakers. Okay, I'm seeing anyone stopping them <laughs> when it I matters. Think, yeah, I picked the Lakers too. When it matters, <laughs> I think LeBron will come through. Like, like we have LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, no, there's no other like. LeBron, okay, Anthony Davis, <laughs> it's a dynamic duo. So, the NCAA, um, it, you know, with back, with college basketball especially, because uh, you know, you guys, you, you're gonna start getting paid. Athletes, NCAA athletes, college, collegiate athletes. NC, I never, I never quite understood the term amateur. Because some of you guys that go to some of these like big schools like Maryland, Michigan, Duke, and Kentucky and Kansas, I look at you guys like, no, they're pro athletes. So I never understood the amateur like term that the that college basketball or the NCAA tried to use. Now, how do you feel about certain players going to the G League or going overseas instead of college? I mean that's 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 their decision. They have the capabilities to do that and I feel like if the G League reaches out to you and you can make that amount of money and provide for your family that's what you dreamed about doing for your entire life of like playing professional basketball but for me I feel like the college experience is one that you just can't give up Mm -hmm. you just can't give that up like just being that dude at your school like at your college especially me going to my home like it's it's not my home state for you know, from D.C., but, right. like, it's still, like, in the DMV. Right. It's basically, you can say it's my home. It's just being able to say I put on for my city, and I just feel like it's no better option than play college basketball. Right. Especially, you know, that experience, especially when you go to, like, a big-time school, the, like, a school that yeah. you go to, like, in, the, in like, like a, the Big Ten, the ACC. Yeah. It's big at both sports, football and basketball. Yeah, it's, 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 it's those big football games. Right. I don't see how you can possibly trade that up. Um, I, I, you know, I agree. I mean, hey, like you said, if the G League reaches out to you, you're good enough, you're talented enough, you 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 make that amount of money, go ahead and provide. But I, you know, the college experience, uh, playing for coaches, the great the great coaches around the country, uh. I think that's an experience of its own, and I think it, it, could, it right. could better prepare you for the pros. <clears throat> right. So, um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Anything else? Um, you know, I covered, I've covered basically all the things that I, you know, that I, you know. <clears throat> Man, I feel like this is a good conversation. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I knew I had to get you on here one of these days, and I know you're busy like you said, you're always working out, um, but I knew I had to get you on here one of these days, bef- and especially before you go off to Maryland, because once you once you go to Maryland, you're um, you're gonna be locked in. You're gonna be locked in, and you got you got your eyes set on the prize. You have your own individual goals, your team goals, and you got to be locked in mentally for that. So I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I had to I had to reach out to you one of these days. Man, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy you did, man. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so anything else? That's it? <clears throat> Maybe if you have anything else, I'm, I'll be glad to talk about it. Okay, so 
great shooter, great score, good defender. Do you like? Do you have? I know you have your own individual team. I know you have your own team goals within the locker room. Uh, you want to? I think you, obviously you're a big time competitor. You want to win at the highest level, so you want to win the ACC. You want to win the NCAA tournament. Do you have any individual goals set, like that that you want to reach? I mean, not really. I just want to you know play my game mm-hmm. at the highest level that I can, and if I achieve any goals on the way. I'm just thankful that I did because, you know, it's a very, you know, we got a good, pretty good freshman class coming in. Okay. And, you know, it's a, it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a dream come true to win big time freshman of the year. But I'm just personally focused on being able to compete as a team. But, you know, just individual stats that comes along the way of getting better. Right. And team trusting me. I just got to get the trust from my team first. So, how, so you talk about Coach Turgeon, and it seems like you guys have you, – you, it seems like the players coming in, the players uh, that's been at Merlin, it seems like you guys have a really good relationship with Coach Turgeon. Now, with Coach, yep. Turgeon, with Coach Turgeon being white, uh, he had to come He had to come recruit you. He brought you onto campus. How has this social issue uh, brought on a sense of unity to Merlin or, you know – how has he responded to this? Big time, big time, bro, big time. He's been the he's been a very vocal leader mm-hmm. as the head coach in the Zoom chats. You know, leading the Zoom chats, talking about how he's very how he feels and how he just has so much. I wouldn't say hatred, but you know, just that anger towards what's going on and right. how he feels like things need to be changed. And, you know, he brought the idea of how we all should be. Re- well, we have a, a pastor who we have, we spend time with. He's in the Zoom chat as well. Okay. And Pastor D, he told us about the book, Why We Can't Wait, and Coach Turgeon said, oh, man, we need to read that as a, as a team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have we have things we need to do throughout the week. And we read a paragraph per, per week. Mm-hmm. And we just come back as a team and we talk about it together. Coach Turgeon has been a big vocal point and, a, and just a huge leader when it comes to talking about things that's going on right now in our in our country. That's 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 brilliant. That's good. That's good to see that um you know big time schools, colleges all over the country, uh having having the culture in place and that's what it seems like it's a, it seems like a really good, diverse, unified culture with uh, Merlin and, and its basketball program, it seems like it's a it's a really strong culture that Turge, that uh, Coach Turgeon has set um, and continues to go down the path of. Now, um, I don't want to hold you any longer. What is your? I, I think I already know, but what is your end goal? You know, once you, you know, if you do one and done, if you do uh, two or three years or, you know, multiple years at Merlin, what is your end goal with basketball? NBA, like NBA, yeah. Obviously, you know, I want to, I want to play in the NBA. The right. Right. Showcase my talents to the whole world. I didn't put all this work in for nothing, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But I still have one more stage to get through. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot more work to put in more hours in the gym, weight room, 
I got to get my body right. I just, you know, I just want to be able to play. You know, if I don't make the NBAs, it's not the end of the world. You know, there's other leagues I can play in. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't even get the chance to play professional ball or collegiate ball. Right. And, you know, just to say I'm going to Maryland, that's just a big dream of mine, too. And it's just all surreal to you. You know, no one really thought I would be able to do this. A lot of people hate. A lot of people hate. Like, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, freshman year, didn't even, wasn't even, wasn't even, um, it wasn't even like, I wasn't even really supposed to play varsity basketball my freshman year. I was told that coach wanted me to play JV. Oh, wow. Play varsity basketball. Mm-hmm. I did my thing for it, I feel like, and I just showed what I can do. Went to Roosevelt. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We all know how we went out with the Roosevelt. Uh-huh. I did my thing there, too. I played I played great. Right. Then I had to showcase that I can play against better talents. Went to O'Connell. Played good at O'Connell, too. So to get ready for college, I felt like I needed to play higher, play higher level in high school. So went to Brewster to play with big talent players. Mm-hmm. Night in and night out. Practices were hard. And I feel like it just really prepared me for what's coming next. Okay. That's that, that's a great answer. That's a, that's a really good answer. And this is my last thing. So, you know, you mentioned your four years throughout high school. And you went to four different high schools. Mm-hmm. What would you have to say to people that says, oh, he, he went to four different high schools? Now, I understand because you, you said better competition. You wanted to prove yourself. You wanted, you wanted to get better as a player. But what about those people that says, oh, he went to four different high schools. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's as committed to one play. Address that piece. Address that piece. I'm fully committed to staying at at, at Maryland. I don't see mm-hmm. any. I don't see me going anywhere else. I love Maryland. I chose the school two years. Two years in, you know, I was a junior when I chose. Right. Right. But I, the season hadn't even started, so I've been. It's. It's been. I've been focused on coming to Maryland for two years, and I just want to stay here. You know, play at home. I. I love the Maryland community, the, the fans, and just, I just, I, I want to stay, you know? Yep. Okay, uh, that, that does it. That, that, that does it. That answers all my questions right there. Now, that, that really answers all my questions right there. Um, it was great talking to you. Uh, obviously, we're going we're gonna to hope, you know, hopefully get you back on. Um, sure. Sure. we want, we want to, I, I want, I want the NBA to come back. I want the NFL to come back. I want collegiate sure, sports to come back. Uh, I can't wait to see you play. Um, you know, either it be this year or next year, whatever. I, I, I can't wait to see Merlin play. Uh, cause I, I had really high aspirations for Merlin this year. Well, this past year. And then uh, this upcoming year, of course, we'll be watching. Everybody will be watching. Uh, Marcus, thank you. Uh, you can shout out your show, your uh, your you know your social media handles and all that. Follow me on Instagram, man. <laughs> I am I am Marcus D on Instagram, you know Twitter, Lou underscore Mark. Just give me a follow. Okay, you heard it from him. Uh, thank you, Mark, once again. Uh, didn't want to hold you too long, but thank you uh, for coming on the pod. Giving us that knowledge, giving us that wisdom, uh, talking about different matters and of such, Merlin experience and all that. 
Thank you. We'll have you back on soon. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Deuces, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Yeah, great kid. Great. He's, he's, he's so good. He, and, you know, it, I, people used to get on because, he you know, defense, but I, I always saw him as a, a committed defender. Like, some guys just don't want to play defense. They, they, just take, they just take that that side of the floor, that side of the ball, they just take off. So some guys just don't want to play defense, but, you no, know, Marcus wants to play defense, and turns out he's a good defender. Uh, always been a great shooter, improved ball handling. I, I, you know, D'Angelo Russell, that's a really good, like, when he said that's the player he looks at most, lefty, both lefties, point guards, good ball handlers, great shooters. I like that comp. I like that comp. Um, and, and Marcus has come a long way. I, you know, I played against him in middle school. Went to the same high school for one year, as he mentioned. Uh, he's just a really good guy. He's a really good guy. He loves his family. Um, you know, stable, great parents, great supporting cast. And it seems like at Merlin with Coach Turbin, I didn't have I didn't have any doubts about Coach Turbin or Merlin's culture. But I, you know, just had to check. I wanted to ask. Uh, but, um, you know, Mark is great guy. He's a great guy. He's a, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's, uh, he's always somebody to talk to and he's really just all around good guy. Uh, I have more up next. Uh, we're going to address Kendrick Perkins and well, Kevin Durant comments about Kendrick Perkins, uh, and him being a sellout. I tell you why KD is giving us a never, another example of why he is so sensitive. He's shown us why he is so sensitive. I, I talk about that next. Um, after this quick break. NBA topic, and uh, so Kyrie and his comments. Most people seem most people seem to agree with um, that the stance that a lot of us are taking. Like, if you play, if the players play, that gives them a bigger platform uh, to you know to spread awareness. Same thing LeBron has said. A lot of people have echoed the same sentiments. I came on here last week and said the same thing. 
Kyrie and some other players, there's a fraction of players that believe otherwise, that we shouldn't play in us and with it, that they shouldn't play. And with players playing, it takes all awareness away and attention away from Black Lives Matter and social issues within this country. And, you know, I gave my I gave you guys my opinion on that the last episode last week or earlier this week. And so Kendrick Perkins came out, made some comments. That's what he does. He that's his, that's a part of his job. Uh, Kevin Durant comes up. He he comes out of nowhere. He protect. He I guess he's protecting his teammate slash friend. Um, and he calls Kendrick Perkins a sellout. Now, mind you, okay. Before I get to that point, Kendrick Perkins is a part of it's a part of his job. Kendrick Perkins. Um, was a great player. He, you know, didn't, he, he wasn't a great player. He never averaged twenty, but he was a he was a really good. He was he was good for his role with those Celtics teams and those and those Thunder teams. He was really good for his role. He was a defensive anchor. He was an enforcer, and many times and throughout his years throughout Oklahoma City, he was Kevin Durant's like rock. He was like. His like he, he was like his bodyguard. Kevin Durant went as far as shouting Kendrick Perkins out during his 2014 MVP speech. So there is an relation. There is a relationship there with Kendrick Perkins and uh, and Kevin Durant. And Kendrick Perkins also played with the Cavaliers when Kyrie and LeBron was on that squad as well. So there's so there's there's some connections, and he had played with these guys, and he knows these guys. I would say he knows these guys. He played with Kevin Durant, OKC, for what, four or five seasons? Played, he played with LeBron and Kyrie. He played, he played with them for a little bit. So he knows these guys. Now, the particular word sellout, I think we sell out. I think, too, especially in the black community, and within the black community, we give people, and, I, 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 and with the term, I think it's a bit too far in most instances. When the black community uses it, I think it's a bit too far, especially within sports. More so within sports, entertainment side, and you know that that's different. That's sometimes different, but within the sports world, I think the the the, the term the terminology sellout is often used too much, and it's not used in its proper form. Now, within the black community, the term sellout when you throw when you call somebody a sellout. You're, that means they're like they're counterproductive. Like the counter that that particular person is counterproductive uh, with what's going on within the black community. They're not with it. They're 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 putting that aside and putting their own individual personal gain and growth ahead of quote unquote culture black community. Usually that's what people mean when they call somebody a sellout within the sports world. I think it's too often. I think it's too often used within the sports world. Now, I, entertainment, that's something that's a different story. That's a different conversation. But sports within sports, I think it's often used too much and it's often used against sports analysts. And Kendrick Perkins is just—he's just doing his job. He talks about players because he's a former player, and he's a colored analyst, and he—that's his job. 
That's that's just a part of his job and his routine. And the the you know, besides the black community and how we use the word the term sellout, sellout is a common expression for compromising a person's integrity, ethnicity, principles, and exchange for gains such as money and you know, accolades. So it's putting your integrity, your loyalty to the side and putting your personal gain and what you want ahead of those things. Now, if I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, I think Kevin Durant did that actually. <laughs> and I and I don't want to flip it on Kevin Durant, but I am going to flip it on Kevin Durant because I I think he did that actually. I think KD, didn't he sacrifice his loyalty, his integrity, Oklahoma City, then and, and went to Golden State. That wasn't that that like whole move. Wasn't 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 that his whole like agenda? He put his personal gain, he put his personal gain in his accomplishments or accolades or want, you know, a hunger for those accolades NBA title. He put that ahead of his loyalty and integrity. So when people say, oh, he's so Kendrick, when Kevin Durant say, oh, he's, you know, he's selling out. Kendrick, Perk, no, Kendrick Perkins is not selling out. And it just goes to a point that I've often made about Kevin Durant. I think he's a great player. I think he's a special player. He's uh, one of the, I think he's the best scorer in my generation uh, with his length, his size, his skill. I, I don't I think it's unmatched as far as a score. But I don't have to say I don't need to I don't I, I don't think I need to give Kevin Durant any comp uh, any type of compliment because I'm about to go on him. No, I, I don't think I need to do that. So instead of me giving him a compliment, Kevin Durant, this is my point that I often make. He's sensitive. He's highly sensitive. He's highly sensitive, and boy oh boy. He pushes back like hell on the media. Yeah. He pushes back like hell on the media. And I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. And I'm not saying he's, you know, with him being sensitive, it doesn't make him, you know, a, not a, a good person. But he is highly sensitive. And his sensitivity meter is like, it ticks. It, 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 almost, it almost breaks when the media just speaks upon him. <laughs> and this was not even geared towards him. It was, he was, Kendrick Perkins was talking about Kyrie Irving's stance. And KD jumped into the equation. So this is like, this, this is more of an A and B conversation and KD just jumps right into it. So often, like I say on this platform, like I say on this podcast, I've said it often, um, Kevin Durant, is very sensitive. He is very sensitive. I don't know where that stems from. Uh, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but I know, uh, you know, he, he seems to be a, t a bit sensitive. He, uh, he he has Twitter fingers, so he 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 just goes on and on and on. I think the one that like the one the the, the one standout example of how sensitive Durant is 
was early on. Well, not not too early on, but it was in his OKC days, and he had a bad playoff game against the Memphis Grizzlies. He had a like he had a he had a stinker. He had a bad playoff game against the Memphis Grizzlies, and he didn't he didn't play well. He didn't shoot well at all. And the, and, the, and I think the Thunder lost that game. And the, I think the next day, a, a local newspaper came out and it bashed Durant. And he was and he was overly sensitive about that. And I you know you're like you didn't play well. What what would the what was what, with, how did you think the media was going to react? So, and I often, you know, I hate to do it. You know, you guys will be like, oh, here he goes again with LeBron. But LeBron takes a lot of heat from the media. And to this day, still does. Still does. Even with this whole MJ, when that whole MJ thing, you know, most people, most media members was on MJ's side. And they were downing LeBron. LeBron doesn't. I mean, I'm not gonna say he doesn't pay pay attention to it because he does, he does, but he's not overly sensitive about certain things. And Kevin Durant, you know, great player, and I shouldn't have to say that because that's self-explanatory. But he's overly sensitive. He's o- he's overly sensitive, and you know, sellout. <clears throat> if you want to talk about sellout, and I and, and mind you. I did not bash Kevin Durant for going to Golden State. I didn't bash him. Because I'm like, uh, okay, see, you know, just didn't work out. Mobility is what happens in the league. LeBron did it. Not, LeBron didn't do it on that level that Durant did it. But LeBron did it. You got to be mobile. The Westbrook dynamic wasn't working out. Westbrook is a little hard to play with. OKC, you know, small market. It's gonna be hard to attract free agents, and you see a better, you, you see a better, you see a better situation in Golden State. You go join the best shooter in league history. You go, you both, you, you go join the second, probably the second greatest shooter in league history. You, you you join an already dominant force that already won a title and was one win away from winning another title. And they actually beat you in the Western Conference Finals. But mind you, I didn't bash Kevin Durant for making a move because I understood I understood it. You want to better yourself? You want to win titles? You got to do so. And you want to do so? You want to do so as quickly as possible? You want to be the guy? You want to be You want to be over LeBron? You want to be the best player in the league? I understand it. And I didn't bash, I didn't bash KD for it. I didn't. But, I mean, by definition... Kevin Durant sold out. He 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 sold out. He he was he was a sellout. That was a sellout move. And most people call Kevin Durant a sellout after that move. Once again, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't have nothing negative to say about the move. Little it was a, it was a little weird, a little strange. Wasn't you know because like like I said with LeBron's move, Miami it was like, yeah, he played for the Cavs. Couldn't beat the Celtics. The front office for Cleveland didn't, like, absolutely gave him no help and no all-star teammate. Understood why LeBron left. Durant had a little bit more talent. He had a superstar teammate. That dynamic wasn't the best. Small market OKC. He sees a better situation in Golden State. I didn't bash him. I understood it. And I think he, I thought 
He, he, he did better himself. He got two titles out of it. Some think he was the best player in the league. Uh, I didn't think so because even in those finals, despite him winning those titles, I thought LeBron still played at a different level. And I think Le- I thought LeBron was still the better player. It was just that Durant had the better team. But I think LeBron was still the better player. But regardless of that, he won his titles. He got his two championships. But according to the definition and according to how we use it, the black community, threat sold out. So I would just say be careful, you know, what you call people. I mean, because <laughs> Durant called Kendrick Perkins a sellout. Durant's a sellout too. So, I, but I don't know. But hey, but hey, that that's how I feel about that's how I feel about that. But I didn't I didn't bash KD for making that move to Golden State. I didn't bash him. I understood him. Understood. You wanted to better your career. You wanted to get championships. You wanted to be you 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 wanted to be in a in a certain tier, a certain class of NBA all time of NBA all timers. I understand it. But Kendrick Perkins, I don't think he sold out. I think he was just doing his job, speaking uh, speaking amongst what he thought in his stance. And a stance that is very popular, a stance that I think is the right way. I think the right I think you would I think Kendrick Perkins and everybody else that has echoed the same sentiments or similar things, statements, I think it's right on. I think it's right on. And I said the same thing. I think the players have an even bigger stage where they can or platform where they can Bring awareness. I gave the ideas out last week or early this week. I'm sorry, I keep saying last week. I gave the ideas out early this week on the on the on the on the previous podcast, the previous episode. I I I gave it out. I gave it out. Lamar Jackson had a great year. He had a spectacular he had a spectacular year all of last year. He was the league MVP. Um, I, I saw the trailer for the Madden 21 uh, game. I saw the new trailer for that. It looked phenomenal. Uh, he, Lamar's on the he's on the cover of that. So he's the cover athlete for Madden the EA. Um, he did a he did a recent interview and you know he addressed some things and talked about the Titans playoff loss and that but then he mentioned something very interesting. <clears throat> he said there's no beef or let me not say that he didn't say that. He said there's no rivalry between him and Patrick Mahomes. And <laughs> there's not. I don't think I don't I don't think I don't think nothing's there. I don't think there's no smoke there. I think both guys are are you know supremely talented. Uh, I, I remember throughout the football season, throughout the you know throughout the last year, both were both 
I mean, Lamar was on a, you know, he was on MVP level. He played it. He played. He was the best player in football. He was the best, He was the MVP last year. Uh, I think Mahomes is a little bit better. I think Mahomes is the better quarterback. But Lamar had a great year last year. He had a great year, and he and the Ravens, as a team as a whole, had a great year. And I remember doing throughout the football season, I did an episode on about for the next ten years. For the next ten years. Who would you rather have? I chose Mahomes because I think Mahomes, his style is a little bit more durable. Uh, his arm talent. I, 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 Lamar has good arm talent, but Mahomes, he does things that you just can't teach. But Lamar Jackson's athleticism, you can't teach that. You got to have it. And a lot of guys don't have it. And a lot of quarterbacks, if any, in league history has had the left, the right, and the elusiveness of Lamar Jackson. But so forth, I did a podcast, I did an episode on who would you rather have, Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, for the next 10 years. I took Patrick Mahomes for those reasons. I think he's durable. I think he's more durable. I think, I think long-term, he'd be, his style of play would be more doable. He has a stronger arm, his arm talent. I like him. Next 10 years, I, I'm going to take Mahomes. Um, with Lamar, there's no... And like I said, I don't think there's no smoke there. I don't, I don't think there's no rivalry there that's brewing. But let's face it. As we look at the AFC championship or playoff picture as we see it today, I think most people, I think just about everybody would agree that Baltimore and the Chiefs are the two best teams. They are head and shoulders above the, the, the entire AFC. Because I, I like some teams within the AFC, but we still got to see. There's a lot of unknowns. With the Chargers, I like their roster. But, like, is, 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 is Justin Herbert ready to is is he ready to lead a, a, a team? Is he ready to take that? Is he ready to be a, a starting quarterback? Is he a franchise guy? We'll see. Or is or they're gonna go with Tyrod Taylor and they're gonna let Justin Herbert watch? We'll see what the what the Chargers do. But I like their roster. I I I, I like the Chargers roster. Uh, Indianapolis. I like their roster as well. But Philip Rivers. I don't know if that's enough to really put the Colts in the like the like. I look at the Colts as a really good team, and I think they'll probably make the playoffs this year. But are the Colts Super Bowl contenders? I I don't know. I I don't know. I gotta see what Phillip Rivers, you know, what he looks like, what he does. He has an improved offensive line. Uh, the, the Colts have one of the better offensive lines in football. You can make the argument that they have the best offensive line in football. So we'll see. I like the Browns. I don't think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders. But I like their roster. I like the elements that they have. They don't. They don't have a lot of gaps. We just got to see what Baker does. So it's the, so. There's a trend. There's this quarter like the quarterback situations. The Chargers roster, love it. The Colts roster, I like it. It's a, it's a it's a it's a pretty good roster. And the Browns roster and the weapons that they have, I like as well. But I got to see what Baker does. I got to see what Phillip Rivers looks like. I got to see. What where what route the Chargers take? Is it Tyrod Taylor or is 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 Justin Herbert going to be thrown onto the fire? And, and is he ready? 
Josh Allen Buffalo. He's raw. I like the elements around him, but he's raw. And let's 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 see if he can do this another year. Is he like Nick like this upcoming year? Let's see if Josh Allen can take the next step into like that super that like that star cuz I think he could be a star quarterback. He has tremendous talent, but let's see let's see him take it to the next level. Deshaun Watson in Houston. I like Deshaun Watson. He's a superstar quarterback. And I think, you know, as long as he's there and upright and upright and tight, I think they'll find a way to win games, but I just think Houston has a lot of holes. So when you look the when you look at the totality of the AFC and the Titans are in there too. The Titans are. I think the Titans could be a possibly a possible playoff team. Uh, I got teams like the Broncos, who I like, and the Dolphins. I like. I like the. I like where they're going. I like where all those. I like where most of those teams are going. But heads and shoulders in the whole look up in the whole grand scheme of things, the Ravens and the Chiefs are the two big boys in the AFC. And they have the two best quarterbacks in the AFC. So when when we're talking about rivalries, I came up with some with some rivalries for the next decade, some quarterback matchups for the next decade that I think are going to be really fascinating to watch. I think some of these I think these quarterbacks are pretty good. Um, obviously, some are better than worse. But I came up since Lamar. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to start anything, but. Since Lamar and you know he says, hey, there's no rivalry, and but Mahomes is the Super Bowl MVP, Lamar is the league MVP. Both teams are really, really good. Uh, you know, one of those two teams I think will come out the AFC and represent them in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I would assume that we'll see a lot of matchups between the two in the postseason and the regular season. So I came up with Quarterback matchups for the next decade. Now, I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Like I said, both of them are superstar quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is obviously obviously the best quarterback in football. Uh, You can make the argument that he's the best player in football. Deshaun Watson, a really, a really good quarterback, a really great quarterback. He is a superstar quarterback in this league. Um, He has had bad offensive lines. He has had uh, average defenses at times, below average. He keep, you know, now Houston does keep him up. They do keep him with some nice weapons on the outside. But um, we've seen some matchups in the postseason last year. We've seen a matchup, that thrilling game again, you know, where where uh, Kansas City came back from 24 down. Crazy. So I think we'll see some great matchups for those two for the next, for the, for the next, for the 20s, for the 20s. So 2020s, I think that would be a great promising matchup between two really good quarterbacks. Uh, the next one, Tua Tungvaluwa and Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I like him. He's raw. I like him. He has the measurables, strong, strong arm, uh, mobile. They they have something brewing in Buffalo. I think they're definitely in the right direction. I like where Buffalo is heading. I think they will win the AFC East this year. But I like Tua in Miami. Me, now, I've heard, you know, some people, some media come out and say, hey, Tua, I don't think he's all that. You know, some media members have said Tua is a product of Alabama. They might be right. 
They might be right. Maybe Tua is just maybe Tua is a product of Alabama. But me personally, I think Tua. I think he's better than any other quarterback and more talented than any other quarterback that Nick Saban has had down in Tuscaloosa. So I don't think he's an Alabama product. I don't. Th- I don't. I just don't think so. I see. A, I see. A, I see. A, I see. A, I, see a, I see a Steve Young. I see a shorter Steve Young. I, I, I see a shorter Steve Young. Uh I don't think he's I don't think I think his athleticism may be a little overrated, just a tick overrated. But I like Tua and I like what they have around him and what they're trying, you know, what they're starting to build around him in Miami and what Brian Flores brings to the table. So I think that's gonna be another AFC East matchup that I think is gonna be really good to see for the next coming years. Um Tua and Sam Donald. I talked about Sam Donald early on the pod. I think Sam Donald, he, there's something there with Sam Donald. But the Jets are just so dysfunctional. They're such a headache. They're so bad that it's kind of hard to spot it. And since they're not really good, we, we, Sam Donald receives a lot of blame. He receives, he receives a lot of heat. But look at it, if you look at the kids' numbers and you look at the Jets with and without him, it's night and day. It's night and day, and you cannot deny his impact, and you cannot deny that the Jets, front office, coaching, just have not done a great job in the draft or in free agency. Now, with Tua, once again, like what they're building in Miami, I like Brian Forrest. The next one, Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. We have seen this matchup. Some, so Most people tend to think that Carson Wentz is, a, is better. I think so, too. Carson Wentz is the much he's the he's the more talented out of the two. He has a stronger arm. I think as far as arm talent and the types of throws that can be made in this league, I think he is second to Patrick Mahomes. It's just that the the one big question mark is with Carson Wentz is his health. How durable is he? But I think Carson Wentz is better than Dak. Now Dak has a great supporting cast in Dallas. He's always have. Since he's arrived in Dallas, he's had a good old line and, uh, you know, running back behind him and offensive-minded coach. Now, he has those same things. Offensive line, not as good, not as, good as it was uh, a couple years back, but he's still got some nice pieces on the offensive line. He still has Ezekiel Elliott behind him, who's still in his prime. Uh, he has Mike McCarthy, an offensive-minded coach. He, he's an offensive-minded coach, and he has weapons around him. So that would be a good matchup. And this contract stuff for Dak, it'll get sorted out. Cowboys need Dak. Dak need Cowboys. They'll sort the thing out. They're going to probably overpay for him. But, hey, that's what you, I, I, that's, you know, that's the hole that the Cowboys are in. Um, the next one, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. I think Kyler Murray, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's, another, he's, a, he's another version of Russell Wilson. Just a little bit shorter. <laughs> Russell Wilson's like, what, 5'11"? Kyler's like what five nine maybe five nine. I like what they're doing in Arizona. Um, I'm I'm big on Kyler, not so big on Cliff Kingsbury yet, but I'm big on Kyler. Um, I think the weapons that they you know they got they went out and got a splash and DeAndre Hopkins. He's I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that him and Kyler Murray gonna have a they're gonna have a they're gonna have a really good year and you're gonna see a lot of connection between them, uh, despite you know not having the training camp and OTAs and such and so forth. 
but I think you, I think it's pretty obvious to see, or it's, it's going to be pretty obvious that uh, Kyler Murray is going to be targeting DeAndre Hopkins a lot. Um, and, with, and with Russell Wilson, I think Russell Wilson is going to play throughout most of the 2020s. I think he's going to play throughout most of the 2020s. He's healthy. He's durable. And he's having, he's coming, he, 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 like, he continues to have his best years. For the last three years, I can make the argument that Russell Wilson's been the best football player in the last three years. Look at his numbers. Look how many games he won. He's going to be in Seattle for a long time. Um, Seattle don't show him the love that he really deserves, but that's neither here nor there. I think he'll be in Seattle for a while. And, you know, a player comparison for Kyle Murray, I think is, I think fair enough, it's Russell Wilson. And I think that you'll see some nice matchups between the two teams. Uh, and then lastly, Mahomes and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I mean, look, I look at Baltimore. Baltimore, great. They, have, they probably have the best O-line in football. They have the best secondary. They probably have the best secondary in football between them and the Chargers. But they have one of the best secondaries in football. They have a good head coach in John Harbaugh. And they have a young quarterback that, that's getting better. I, I, I would assume that Lamar is going to get better as far as a thrower. He's going to get better. Now, as a runner, as an athlete, great. But as a thrower, I think he'd, be, I, I think he'd get better as a quarterback. And it's, he, he improved in his throwing last year. His throwing got tremendously better last year. So I like, I, I like what I'm seeing. But with Baltimore, I, I get the best O-line. I get the best secondary. I get a, I get a loaded defense. Good head coach. Front office. Well ran, and I got a young quarterback, a young emerging quarterback. Not emerging, he has emerged. Now we just, we just got to see can he take it to the next level? Because there is another level where Lamar can get to, and that's winning playoff games, having playoff success, winning Super Bowls. And then with Patrick Mahomes on the flip side, he's won Super Bowl, he's Super Bowl MVP. Kansas City uh, defense is not as not as stacked as Baltimore, um, but they have Andy Reid. Great offensive mind. Patrick Mahomes, great talent, great arm, best quarterback in football. The weapons around him, Travis Kelsey, you know, um, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watt. He has weapons around him. I think this is perfect. I think think it lines up perfectly. I think I I really do think it lines up perfectly for, 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 for these two to really be like at the center of attention within the AFC, and, and you look at the like the NFC. I think the NFC is the superior conference. I mean, because who like can we definitively say who's the best team in the NFC? Who who is it? Because you got some people like the Saints. They like the Saints with Drew Brees, the weapons that he have on offense, the defense just got to come through. Some people like the Saints. I'm more San Francisco, Seattle. I like I like San Francisco's young D line. They have a strong offensive line. Quarterback I like. Some people don't love him. People uh, Jimmy G. Some people are just uh, on Jimmy G. I like him, and I like Kyle Shanahan as a coach, and I like their front office. Seattle, I think they have. I think they have the second best quarterback in football, with a hit or miss defense at times. Um, but Russell Wilson's over is he's always able to overcome that. So I I can't definitively say who's the best team in the NFC because like it's like it's 
it's yeah, Seattle, New Orleans, San Francisco. Then you got your teams like you got your teams like Tampa Bay, who who's really loaded. You, 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 Dallas, who's really loaded on offense. So I can't definitively say who's the best team in the NFC. But in the AFC, it's clear as day. I, I think it's as clear as day that we have two heavy hitters. We have two heavyweights right there. Baltimore and Kansas City. Kansas City Super Bowl champions. Baltimore, they had the best record in the league last year. Uh, they probably have the best roster in the league this year. <laughs> they have the reigning MVP. So it just all aligns well. It, li- it aligns well with each other. And uh, I, it just it just it, it, it happens. It happens like that. And with the and, he, and Lamar also addressed the playoff loss against the Titans. That's the next step. That's that like that's the next step for Lamar. He's an MVP. He's an MVP type player. We get it. He's a top five quarterback in the league. Absolutely. But we now it's time to it's time to see can he take it to the next level. Now it's about winning playoff games. It's about winning playoff games. Win playoff games, Lamar's going to be on the next level. I think he's definitely going to be on the next level once he start winning some playoff games. Once he gets, once he gets that first playoff win, that'll be a chip off his shoulder. That'll get the monkey off his back, and then he, and I think he'll continue to progress. But I only think he'll only get better. Um, so I can't wait for these see those two. I can't wait to see the NFL season. Oh yeah, I forgot. Like the, like the NFC, you got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Vikings, the Saints, the Buccaneers, Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona. You got so many like teams in the AFC, in the NFC, that I think could possibly make the playoffs. Um, so we are, we only I cannot wait for the NFL season. I can't wait. I don't think you guys understand. Uh, I think some people understand because I think they're as eager to see. I know the fan. I know certain fan bases are just so eager. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot rolling in. Um, also, let's touch bases. Mike Gundy. Uh, he wore he wore the O N A shirt. The the N O A shirt. Um, then you know. So Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy's had a he's had a bad off season. As a college football coach, if you don't know, Mike Gundy is the he's the he's the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, he's the head football coach down there, and down there in Stillwater. Um, Mike Gundy has had a bad offseason. He's had a bad offseason. He when you know he talked about COVID, he didn't really sound like his comments. When it, when asked about COVID nineteen, didn't sound the best, especially where like at the time when he was asked, it you know it, it was a rough time with the with with COVID nineteen. We was all getting used to the new normal, you know, of quarantine. We we was getting used to it, and he he just made some bad comments. <laughs> um, and then you know he wore a shirt that caused a lot of attention, and then now you know. He was the he, oh, Mike Gundy was a former he was a former player he was a, he was a, he's an alum he's an alum of a, of Oklahoma State he was the quarterback in 1989 and he was a pretty good quarterback he's a big, he's a big deal down there on campus Oklahoma State down there in Stillwater he's a big deal he's a he's a local celebrity but this does not um this this just this this doesn't this doesn't surprise me because this this whole thing with 
Black Lives Matter, it's a global issue. It's a, it's a global issue that globally we're tackling. We're just doing it right here in the U.S. because it's just been such... Um, it's been a part of America's histories for so long with black oppression. It's just a part of America. And COVID was globally. It was happening globally. Not just here in America. It was happening globally. And Mike, another, I don't want to, you know, Mike Gundy just has not sound educated. He's sound, he, he, he is sound, he, his actions, because he hadn't spoken, his actions, they look very tone deaf. They seem tone deaf. Um, and I, I just think he's not diverse. I, because, I, I mean, just think about it. He's not diverse at all. He's been down, he, he, and I hate to do it. I hate to say it, but he's stuck in his own world. He's a local. He's stuck in his own world, in his own little city, Stillwater. And I think Oakland, I think, you know, as far as a coach, you know, and, and, and what, that, what, that, what that like looks like as far as how his players and, and recruiting, that's a whole other can of worms. How does recruiting look? With with everything coming out about Mike Gundy, that's that's big. But I'm not surprised. He's been down. He's been in his own bubble for so long. Play. He's from. He's from the area. Played at Oklahoma State. A couple Colorado players came back. Came out and said, "Hey, Mike Gundy. While he was the quarterback of Oklahoma State." He used racial slurs as far as like, such like such, such as the N word. He used racial slurs, slurs. Excuse me. And I'm not surprised because he's stuck in his own bubble. He's he's played down there. He's coached down there. He's literally he's literally never like it, he's closed minded. And it's people like that that's holding us back. It's people like that that's holding us back, and um, with Mike Gundy, I'm I'm just not surprised. I'm just not surprised. I'm not because you know, and and, and, he's, and and this is not this is not just him in college sports that feel this way, because in college sports, especially especially in college basketball and college football, there is you have your premier schools. There's like ten. In college football, that's like 10 to 12 premier national brand schools that, you know, they don't, they don't, really, they don't really care about the boosters. Like, this is a national brand. So when hiring a coach with these national brands in these premier schools, you're like your Texas, Michigan, Alabama, USC, Ohio State, national brands, when, 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 when they're hiring these coaches... It's not about who you know and how you know. Like it's it's not about it's a, it's it's because it's a national brand. It's one of the premier schools within the sport, college football, and then in college basketball you have the same. You have the same thing. Your Dukes, Kentuckys, um, Michigan. You know, Mich Michigan. You have your premier schools in college basketball. Your Blue Bloods, Kansas. 
But in these small, in these small, like after that, in these small college towns, the boosters mean a lot more. The boosters have a lot more power. And the boosters, they they give job, they give the jobs to who they know. Former players, former coaches, former alumni. They give the they give the coaching jobs to those that they know, the boosters. Like we can trust them. So Mike Gundy does not surprise with his comp with like, you know, uh, allegations about his comments. And multiple players, multiple Colorado players, have came out and said, "Hey, he said this." I don't think all. I don't think multiple people will be lying on you. So not surprising. But he's stuck in his own bubble. That's how I look at it. Mike Gundy's stuck in his own bubble, and there's a lot of college towns, a lot of college coaches that's like that. We just don't know about it <laughs> yet. We just don't know about it. But there's a lot of co- There's a lot of small coaches. I mean, it's a lot of small town, small college towns with these coaches, and the boosters love them. The boosters love them because they know them. They, you know, they, they probably went to school together, friends. But they're, in, Mike Gundy, in Mike Gundy's case, he's been stuck in the bubble. He's been stuck in the bubble. Simple as that. He's been stuck in the bubble. That whole Mike Gundy situation, it just doesn't surprise me. It just doesn't surprise me. Um, it's, and it's not, he's not the only one. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP, another episode of the Isaiah Kid podcast. This is episode 130. I continue to say that these, these podcast episodes, they go by so quickly. They go by so quickly and we run through them, but thank you guys for continuing to stick with me and listen, um, throughout the entirety of this thing, uh, we're getting the NBA back soon. Hopefully some baseball, college sports is coming up. We had a great pod today. Jets, talked to Marcus Dockery, did an interview. Uh, he was great. He was wonderful. Uh, we did KD and Kendrick Perkins and, you know, got to some, got, gave you guys some, you know, some NFL content as well with, with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. So we ran through this podcast this today. I mean, smooth, uh, great topics, great talking points. Uh, continue to stream this podcast, wherever you stream it from, whatever platform you guys stream it from, continue to stream, whether it be iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, doesn't matter. Continue to stream, continue to stream, stream this podcast. Um, just some great talking points. We have some great, we have, we really had some great talking points, some highlights in this, within this pod told you guys I had a good one for you guys I was ready <laughs> I was ready uh the next episode I'm gonna give you guys my NBA contenders pretenders and dark horses for the NBA playoffs since the NBA playoffs since the NBA playoffs is approaching where well, we're getting the NBA back we still gotta play some regular season games but to get the NBA back NBA playoffs I'm gonna give you guys my contenders pretenders and dark horse teams going into the NBA playoffs. I catch you guys in the next episode. Uh, always remember two choices, one decision. I'm out. Uh, continue to lead by example out there. Continue to fight for the right cause. Continue to do so. Continue to do all those things. Thank you guys for listening. Once again, I'm out. Deuces.